you are now tuned into Civil War Stories. I'm your host, Steve Matthews, here to guide you through the fields and towns of mid-19th century America as we delve into the epic conflict that shaped the very soul of this great nation, the Civil War. Together, we'll explore riveting stories from an era of transformation and sacrifice, hearing tales of valiant charges, whispered plots, and the profound human experiences behind the blue and the gray. And if your historical appetite is still hungry for more tales of valor and conflict, be sure to check out our companion podcast, World War II Stories, where we unravel the global conflict that raged nearly a century later. You can find the link in the description or make your way to podhour.com ww2. So, ready your ears and steady your hearts as we traverse through the pages of time, delving into a chapter of history where a nation fought for its very identity. In the heartland of Virginia, beneath the sweltering sun of August 1862, a battle raged that would ripple through the annals of American history. The Battle of Cedar Mountain, a seminal moment of the American Civil War, was more than a clash of two armies, it was a tumultuous clash of ideologies, a crossroads of a nation grappling with its identity. This pivotal event pitted brother against brother, North against South, Union Blue against Confederate Gray, each seeking to shape the future of a divided country. The stage was set, the lines were drawn, and the characters in this dramatic episode were as compelling as the conflict itself. From the Union side, General John Pope, a man of steadfast determination, who was eager to exploit this opportunity to cripple the Confederate forces. On the opposing side, the Confederates were led by the enigmatic General Stonewall Jackson, a tactical genius whose prowess on the battlefield was renowned. The echoes of their conflict still resonate in the echoes of history, for the Battle of Cedar Mountain not only bore immediate military implications, but also shaped the strategies, morale, and course of the greater Civil War. It was a day of blood and bravery, of triumph and despair, and its legacy continues to shape our understanding of this tumultuous period in American history. Join us on this journey as we retrace the steps of those brave men, unfolding the tapestry of events that led to that fateful day on Cedar Mountain. Explore the tactics, trials, and triumphs of the forces on both sides, and discover how this single battle in the midst of the Great Civil War left an enduring impact that reverberates through to today. This is not just a tale of a battle, this is a chronicle of a turning point in a nation's destiny. Chapter 1 The Prelude As the year 1862 dawned, the United States was a nation on the brink. The storm clouds of conflict had gathered, tensions between the North and South reaching a fever pitch. A divide over issues like states' rights, economic policies, and the contentious subject of slavery had finally boiled over into open warfare. The American Civil War had begun, casting a long, ominous shadow over the rolling green fields and bustling cities alike. At the helm of this fractured nation was Abraham Lincoln, the Union's president. Lincoln, with his weathered face and penetrating gaze, was a man of humble origins, who had risen to the highest seat of power through sheer tenacity and belief in the cause of the Union. He was grappling with the reality of a nation at war with itself, striving to navigate the turbulent waters of political discord and military strife. 
His strong conviction for the preservation of the Union was his beacon amidst the chaos. Lincoln, however, was not alone in his struggle. Far to the south, within the Confederate States, Jefferson Davis held the reins of leadership. Davis, a seasoned statesman and former U.S. Secretary of War, was a figure of authority and determination. A Mississippi planter, he was committed to the Confederate cause and had a deep-seated belief in the sovereignty of individual states. Davis mirrored Lincoln in his resolve, albeit for a cause diametrically opposed, rallying his people to fight for their vision of freedom. In this fraught political landscape, generals readied their troops, strategies were debated in war rooms, and civilians braced themselves for the impact of war. Two vast armies were mobilizing, setting their sights on Virginia, a state crucial due to its strategic location and symbolic value. All the while, the nation held its breath, watching, waiting, as the Union and Confederate forces marched inexorably towards a verdant, yet unassuming hill, Cedar Mountain. Here, in the scorching summer heat, the next act of the American Civil War was about to unfold, with consequences that would reverberate through history. Virginia was a jewel both the North and South yearned to possess. Not just for its fertile fields and idyllic landscapes, but because of its strategic worth. As one of the border states, Virginia acted as a gateway to the North for the Confederate armies. It housed the Confederate capital, Richmond, only a hundred miles south of Washington, D.C., the Union's capital. The control of Virginia was a chess game between North and South, each move of great consequence. Against this backdrop, we find Robert E. Lee, the newly appointed commander of the Confederate Army of Northern Virginia. Lee, with his grizzled beard and piercing gaze, was a military man through and through, having graduated second in his class from West Point. Though personally opposed to secession, he was a staunch Virginian and chose to fight for his home. Lee, known for his strategic mind and calm under pressure, understood the importance of Virginia in the grand scheme of the war. His intent was to use Virginia's geography to his advantage and keep the Union forces at bay. Meanwhile, in the corridors of Washington, D.C., Union General-in-Chief George B. McClellan was developing his plan for a swift victory. McClellan, an ambitious man with a notable reputation, was a master of organization and discipline. He was convinced that a decisive strike at the heart of the Confederacy, Virginia, could cripple the Southern Rebellion. McClellan planned an ambitious peninsula campaign, intending to march up the narrow strip of land between the York and James Rivers to take Richmond. As generals strategized and armies maneuvered, Virginia turned into a stage where the destiny of the nation would be decided. Townsfolk could hear the distant drums of war, the lives of ordinary Virginians intertwined with the grand narrative of the Civil War. And at the heart of this narrative was Cedar Mountain, an unassuming peak that would soon bear witness to a battle of great consequence. For the Union, a win could open the path to Richmond, and for the Confederates, it was a chance to push back and protect their homeland. Little did anyone know, the Battle of Cedar Mountain was about to write its own chapter in the annals of the Civil War. In the torrid summer of 1862, the Union Army led by General John Pope began a determined march towards Cedar Mountain. Pope, a man of stalwart character with a reputation for brash confidence, 
was new to the Eastern Theater. He was keen to prove his worth by confronting the Confederate forces head-on. Pope saw Virginia as a theater where he could change the tide of the war, and Cedar Mountain was his chosen stage. Pope's strategies were bold. He was confident that his newly formed Army of Virginia could challenge the Confederates on their own turf. As his blue-clad men trudged through the dust and heat, a palpable energy filled the ranks. It was a blend of anticipation, fear, and steely resolve. Even as their uniforms stuck to their skin and the unforgiving sun beat down, the Union soldiers kept their eyes focused on the looming silhouette of Cedar Mountain in the distance. Meanwhile, in the Confederate camp, Stonewall Jackson, a name that struck fear and respect in the hearts of his enemies and allies alike, was preparing for the inevitable confrontation. A deeply religious and disciplined man, Jackson was a master of rapid and aggressive movements on the battlefield. His tactics at previous battles had earned him not only his nickname Stonewall but also a reputation as one of the Confederacy's most effective commanders. As Jackson's men journeyed through the same searing heat, their morale was buoyed by their trust in him. The image of their commander, seated atop his horse, his face set in a mask of calm determination, was a beacon of hope amidst the uncertainty. For these men in gray, the defense of their homeland was a deeply personal matter. Virginia was their home, and Cedar Mountain was their line in the sand. As both armies advanced, a sense of inevitability hung heavy in the air. Farmers in the fields, townsfolk in the streets, everyone could feel the electric charge of imminent conflict. The ground seemed to vibrate with the steady rhythm of marching feet, and the hot wind carried the faint echo of military drums. Amidst the suspense and anticipation, one thing was clear, a decisive battle was on the horizon, and Cedar Mountain was the epicenter. Chapter 2 The Spark of Conflict On August 9, 1862, the serene morning quiet was abruptly shattered. The first clashes of the Battle of Cedar Mountain erupted like a thunderstorm, shaking the earth with the sound of cannon fire and the steady drumming of rifle shots. As men on both sides locked eyes across the battlefield, the reality of the situation settled in their hearts. This was no drill or parade ground, they were now in the belly of the beast. General John Pope's Union forces initiated the first attacks. Pope, his determination burning bright, sought to press the advantage, having numerical superiority. From behind his lines, he watched as his men advanced with a sense of urgency. His plan was simple, hit hard, hit fast, and throw the Confederates off balance. On the Confederate side, General Stonewall Jackson, ever the calm in the storm, ordered his men to hold their positions. His keen eyes surveyed the oncoming Union forces, calculating, always a step ahead. The thunder of guns and the rattle of musketry echoed in his ears, but Jackson remained undeterred, a rock amidst a roaring tempest. Up on the front lines, Union soldiers pushed forward, their blue uniforms a stark contrast to the verdant landscape. The underbrush crackled under their boots, their breaths coming in ragged gasps as they raced toward their Confederate counterparts. Their hearts pounded with adrenaline, every beat a reminder of the danger they faced. A mere stone's throw away, the Confederate soldiers awaited the Union onslaught. 
Their gray uniforms were dotted with sweat and dust from the march and the early skirmish, their expressions taut with anticipation. Each man clutched his rifle, the familiar weight a small comfort in the face of the incoming storm. As the first volleys were exchanged, shouts of command, cries of the wounded, and the cacophonous symphony of war filled the air. Amid the chaos, the battle lines blurred, the pristine fields of Cedar Mountain transforming into a canvas of conflict. This was just the beginning, the opening act of a drama that would forever alter the course of the American Civil War. As the battle raged on, another adversary made its presence known, the August sun. The air shimmered with heat, turning the battlefield into a furnace. Men on both sides battled not only their human enemies but also the scorching conditions, a test of endurance as much as courage. Among the Union ranks, General Pope watched with increasing concern. His men were strong and willing, but the oppressive heat was taking its toll. Fatigue was setting in, their faces reddening and sweat staining their uniforms. He knew he had to make a move, and fast, before the heat sapped their strength further. However, his strategic mind also saw an opportunity. The Confederates too were suffering under the same sun. On the Confederate side, Stonewall Jackson, ever stoic, felt the heat but did not allow it to sway him. His focus remained locked on the Union forces, their formations, their movements. He saw the distress caused by the blistering sun as a chance to push harder, to drive deeper into the Union lines. He gave the orders to his men to prepare for an assault, instilling in them a sense of urgency and determination. On the front lines, the heat became a palpable enemy. Soldiers on both sides gasped for air as they ran, fought, and fell under the blazing sun. The once cool grass under their boots was now scorched and brittle. Dust kicked up by the marching and fighting hung in the air, choking the men and creating a haze over the battlefield. Yet, amidst the heat and the dust, the soldiers fought on, their resolve as steadfast as the relentless sun. The battle was not only against the enemy in front of them, but also against the harsh conditions, against their own fatigue. Every breath was labored, every step heavier than the last. Yet, they persisted, driven by duty, honor, in the hope of victory. In the face of the sweltering August sun, the Battle of Cedar Mountain raged on, etching a lasting impression on the canvas of the Civil War. As the afternoon wore on, the Battle of Cedar Mountain took on an unpredictable rhythm, like a river surging back and forth. Each attack, each counterattack, shaped the battle like an artisan sculpting his masterpiece. Only here, the tools were not chisels and hammers, but bullets, bayonets, and cannon fire. John Pope, the Union commander, saw an opportunity in the early afternoon. His forces, despite the relentless heat, had pushed hard, making inroads into the Confederate lines. Pope's heart pounded with anticipation as he sensed the possibility of victory. He rallied his troops for another push, his voice rising above the din of battle, an island of resolve amidst the sea of chaos. However, across the field, Stonewall Jackson had other plans. Like a lion lying in wait, he was preparing to pounce. Despite the Union's progress, Jackson held his ground, patiently biding his time. 
His gaze was ever watchful, his mind turning over strategies like a chess player contemplating his next move. The tides turned when Jackson ordered his counteroffensive. With a roar that echoed across the battlefield, the Confederates charged, their gray uniforms forming a wave that crashed into the Union lines. Their initial surprise quickly turned into determination as they pushed back, their blue uniforms clashing with gray in a dance as old as war itself. As the sun began to dip towards the horizon, the battlefield was a tableau of men locked in combat, a symphony of cries and commands, the ground churned up by boots and hooves. The late afternoon painted the scene in hues of orange and red, like a tragic masterpiece set on canvas. The battle surged back and forth, the tide undulating like a ferocious sea. Amidst the sound of gunshots, the cries of men, and the heat of the fading day, the fate of Cedar Mountain hung in balance, the course of the Civil War teetering on the precipice of a single day's outcome. Chapter 3 The Height of the Battle As the afternoon shadows began to lengthen, Stonewall Jackson sprung his counterattack. His orders, like a spark in dry grass, ignited a surge of energy through the Confederate lines. A ripple ran through the ranks, a murmur of anticipation quickly replaced by a determined cry. The Confederates were about to flip the script. Jackson's men, their morale rejuvenated, launched themselves at the Union forces. Their charge was a storm, a wave of gray that seemed to consume everything in its path. They were no longer just defending, they were attacking, reclaiming the ground that they considered their own. At the helm of the counteroffensive was none other than Stonewall Jackson himself. His figure, mounted on his horse, was a beacon for his men. His unwavering gaze and the set of his jaw a testament to his resolve. Jackson wasn't just leading his men, he was leading by example, embodying the spirit of the Confederacy. Caught off guard, the Union forces scrambled to respond. Men who had just been on the offensive found themselves pushed back, their momentum broken. The blue tide of the Union, which had surged forward with such hope and vigor, now found itself receding under the Confederate onslaught. Yet, in the face of adversity, the Union soldiers stood tall. For every step they were pushed back, they fought to regain too. The battlefield echoed with their shouts, their gunshots, their refusal to yield. Despite the odds, they clung onto their courage, fueled by their belief in their cause and their duty. As the sun dipped lower, casting long shadows across the battleground, the Confederate counterattack raged on. The outcome of the Battle of Cedar Mountain was still in the balance, the scales tipping back and forth, as both sides fought with all their might. The day was not over yet, and neither were the men who were fighting for their cause, their homes, and their futures. As the Confederate onslaught continued, the Union forces found themselves grappling with a reality they hadn't expected. Their initial progress was being steadily eroded, their ranks thinned by the relentless Confederate counterattack. The sun may have been setting, but the battle was far from over, and the men in blue found their resolve tested to its very limits. John Pope, his face lined with worry, watched his men grapple with the Confederate surge. His earlier confidence had given way to a grim determination. He moved among his men, his presence a visible sign of solidarity. 
he encouraged his soldiers, instilled in them the hope that, even against the odds, victory was possible. Pope was not just their commander, he was their beacon in the storm, their anchor amidst the chaos. At the front lines, Union soldiers grappled with the relentless Confederate charge. Their fingers were raw from the continuous rifle fire, their voices hoarse from shouting commands and rallying cries. Yet, they fought on. For every comrade they lost, for every step they were pushed back, they clung to their courage and their duty. The twilight cast an eerie glow over the battlefield, the fading light seeming to mirror the Union's struggle. Yet amidst the smoke and dust, the cries of men and the unending gunfire, there was an unmistakable sense of resilience. The Union soldiers were down, but they were far from out. As the evening drew closer, the Union forces rallied, their spirit unbroken. They met the Confederate advance with renewed energy, a stubborn refusal to yield echoing through their ranks. The battle had tested them, pushed them to their limits, but they were not ready to admit defeat. Under the fading light of the August sun, amidst the chaos of the Battle of Cedar Mountain, the Union's struggle was a testament to their courage, their tenacity, and their unwavering belief in their cause. As the last rays of the sun melted into the horizon, darkness began to creep over Cedar Mountain. The fading light brought a new dimension to the battlefield. Shadows loomed long and fearsome, obscuring the lines between friend and foe, adding an element of the unknown to an already chaotic symphony of war. Stonewall Jackson, illuminated only by the occasional flash of gunfire, continued to command his troops. His figure, strong and resolute, was a constant in the shifting landscape. His orders, given with unwavering confidence, guided his men like a beacon in the enveloping darkness. On the Union side, John Pope grappled with the falling darkness and the growing uncertainty it brought. The battlefield had transformed into a patchwork of shadows and fleeting images, making it difficult to distinguish his own men from the enemy. Despite this, he pressed on, his determination as unyielding as the approaching night. The front lines were a tableau of desperate struggle, the soldiers mere silhouettes in the encroaching darkness. Gunfire lit the night in sporadic bursts, casting a ghastly light over the battlefield. The soldiers fought on, their resolve undimmed by the falling darkness. Every flash of gunfire, every shout in the darkness was a testament to their unyielding spirit. The darkness swallowed the remnants of daylight, the battlefield now a canvas painted in shades of black and gunpowder gray. Yet, under the veil of darkness, the Battle of Cedar Mountain continued. The combatants, their senses heightened by the darkness, clung to their resolve, their duty, their destiny. The night echoed with the sounds of the ongoing battle, the chorus of war undeterred by the fall of darkness. The Battle of Cedar Mountain, stretching from day into night, was a testament to the resolve of the men who fought it and a crucial turning point in the grand theater of the American Civil War. Chapter 4 the aftermath. The first rays of the morning sun peeked over the horizon, casting a light that was both sobering and revealing. The Confederate forces had held their ground, their successful counterattack pushing back the Union forces. The Battle of Cedar Mountain had ended, but the cost was etched into the faces of the men who had fought it. 
Stonewall Jackson, atop his horse amidst the quiet that had replaced yesterday's chaos, surveyed the battlefield. His counterattack had been successful, the Union forces halted in their push towards the Confederacy's heartland. But victory was a bitter fruit. His gaze took in the aftermath, the casualties that littered the field serving as a stark reminder that every gain came with a price. The Confederate soldiers, weary but victorious, felt the weight of their sacrifice. They had defended their land, their homes, but at what cost? Each fallen comrade was a painful reminder of the price they had paid. But even in their exhaustion, there was a sense of relief, a flicker of pride. They had faced a formidable foe and had held their ground. Meanwhile, the Union forces grappled with their setback. John Pope, his face reflecting the strain of the battle, took stock of the situation. His forces had fought valiantly, their courage undimmed despite the outcome. But the loss was a harsh blow, a reminder of the unpredictable nature of war and the strength of the enemy they faced. The dawn marked the end of the Battle of Cedar Mountain, but the impact of the confrontation was far-reaching. The Confederate victory had bolstered their morale and served as a formidable roadblock for the Union's strategic plans. However, the cost had been high for both sides. The battlefield bore the scars of the previous day, a haunting reminder of the price of victory and the toll of war. As the sun rose higher, the Union troops began their retreat, a painful exodus from the battlefield they had hoped to conquer. The march back was as much a journey through their own disappointment and fatigue as it was a physical journey. Each step seemed to echo the missed opportunities and the unmet objectives of the previous day's battle. John Pope, at the helm of the Union forces, led his men with a heavy heart. His ambitions for a quick and decisive victory had been thwarted, his strategy checkmated by Stonewall Jackson's timely counterattack. The retreat was a bitter pill to swallow, but he held his head high, understanding the importance of maintaining morale in the face of adversity. The Union soldiers moved through the Virginia countryside, their retreat a stark contrast to their spirited march towards Cedar Mountain just days ago. Despite their fatigue and disappointment, they maintained their discipline, their formation, their dignity. Each weary step was a testament to their unwavering resolve, their dedication to their cause, and their refusal to let one setback define them. The retreat was a tactical necessity, a time for regrouping, reassessing, and preparing for the battles ahead. Yet, it was also a time of reflection. The Battle of Cedar Mountain was a stark reminder of the strength of their adversary and the unpredictability of the Civil War. But even in retreat, there was a silver lining, a valuable lesson learned, and an opportunity to return stronger, smarter, and more determined than before. As the day wore on, the Union forces moved further away from Cedar Mountain, the sight of their recent clash slowly disappearing from view. But the memories of the battle, the lessons learned, and the resolve forged would stay with them, influencing their strategies and shaping their resolve for the rest of the Civil War. The aftermath of the Battle of Cedar Mountain prompted a crucial period of introspection and reassessment for the Union. The bold but thwarted advance had illuminated the need for re-evaluation, for strategic changes that would prepare them for the trials ahead. John Pope, the architect of the Union's initial strategy, 
found himself at the heart of this crucial process. His earlier confidence in a swift advance and decisive victory was now replaced by a more nuanced understanding of the Confederates' capabilities. Pope knew that a change in tactics was necessary, not as an admission of failure, but as an acknowledgement of the lessons learned. Back in Washington, President Lincoln and his war cabinet were deep in deliberation. The news of the setback at Cedar Mountain had reached them, leading to tense discussions and tough decisions. Recognizing the need for a revised approach, they supported Pope's efforts in redefining his strategy. Their faith in their cause, much like their faith in Pope, remained unshaken. The strategic reassessment involved more than just changes in battlefield tactics. It was also about instilling a renewed sense of determination in the Union soldiers, a message that setbacks were not defeats but stepping stones to eventual victory. The Union leadership worked diligently, ensuring that the lessons of Cedar Mountain were not forgotten but were used to strengthen their resolve. As the dust settled and the Union forces regrouped, the echo of Cedar Mountain lingered. The re-evaluation of strategies became a pivotal point in the Civil War, the lessons learned serving as a springboard for future actions. The Battle of Cedar Mountain had ended, but its legacy was just beginning to shape the course of the war. Chapter 5. The Broader Implications The Battle of Cedar Mountain, while not the largest or the bloodiest, marked a turning point in the Civil War. It was here that the Union's march into the heartland of the Confederacy was effectively halted, and it was here that the tide of the war began to shift. On the Confederate side, the victory at Cedar Mountain strengthened their resolve and raised their morale. The success of Stonewall Jackson's counterattack showcased the Confederate forces' tactical acumen and their ability to withstand the Union's advances. It was a testament to their determination in the defense of their homeland. The Union forces, on the other hand, took away important lessons from the confrontation. The setback at Cedar Mountain led to a crucial period of reassessment and reevaluation. It prompted changes in tactics and strategies reinforcing the need for adaptability in the face of a capable and resilient adversary. John Pope, despite the setback, remained a critical figure in the Union's campaign. His leadership and his ability to reassess and adapt his strategies in the face of adversity showcased the Union's resilience. He took the lessons of Cedar Mountain to heart, using them as a foundation for his future strategies. The Battle of Cedar Mountain did not just alter the course of the war, it also set the stage for the battles that followed. The strategic lessons learned, the boost in Confederate morale, and the Union's newfound resilience all played significant roles in shaping the events of the Civil War. Cedar Mountain, in its unique way, influenced the trajectory of the war and the destinies of those who fought it. The impact of the Battle of Cedar Mountain extended far beyond the immediate victory for the Confederates and the Union's tactical retreat. It had profound strategic implications, influencing the decisions, actions, and outcomes of the larger war. For the Confederacy, the victory at Cedar Mountain was a powerful demonstration of their military capabilities. The successful counterattack led by Stonewall Jackson had not only halted the Union's advance but had also showcased their tactical skills and resolve. 
This boosted the morale of the Confederate troops and reinforced their faith in their leaders, lending momentum to their future military campaigns. However, it was the Union, despite their setback, who experienced the most significant strategic shift following Cedar Mountain. The defeat prompted a significant reassessment of their approach to the war. John Pope and his superiors in Washington had been given a stark reminder of the Confederacy's military capabilities, leading to a renewed focus on strategic planning and adaptability. The battle also catalyzed shifts in the Union's strategic emphasis. Instead of focusing purely on offensive tactics, they began to acknowledge the importance of defensive and counteroffensive strategies. This new approach would come to shape their tactics in future battles, making them a more formidable force. In a broader sense, the Battle of Cedar Mountain underscored the complex nature of the Civil War. It highlighted the need for adaptability, resilience, and strategic foresight. Both sides had shown their strengths and exposed their weaknesses, and both had learned vital lessons that would influence their strategies in the years to come. Cedar Mountain had been a clash of forces, but it had also been a clash of strategies, and its repercussions were felt throughout the rest of the Civil War. The echoes of Cedar Mountain resonated not only on the battlefield but also across the societies of the North and South. The events of that hot August day had significant repercussions, influencing public sentiment and shaping the narrative of the Civil War in the hearts and minds of the people. In the South, the victory at Cedar Mountain was hailed as a symbol of Confederate resolve. News of Stonewall Jackson's successful counterattack spread like wildfire, bolstering the spirit of the Southern population. It fostered a sense of unity, pride, and determination, lending strength to their cause and fostering faith in their leaders. The narratives of heroism and courage emerged from Cedar Mountain became woven into the fabric of Southern society. Stories of Stonewall Jackson's audacious tactics and the resilience of the Confederate soldiers became legends, their names etched into the annals of Southern history. The North, however, received the news of Cedar Mountain with a mix of disappointment and resolve. The setback was undeniable, but it was not the end. Instead, it served as a rallying cry, a reminder of the challenges they faced and the resolve required to overcome them. President Lincoln and other Union leaders took the opportunity to use the setback as a call for unity and resolve. The societal impact of Cedar Mountain, in their narrative, was not one of defeat but of determination, of the will to learn, adapt, and persevere. In both the North and South, the Battle of Cedar Mountain left its mark. The battle had been waged on the fields of Virginia, but its impact reached into the homes, streets, and communities across the nation. It shaped perceptions, influenced sentiments, and, in its own way, defined the course of the Civil War. Chapter 6 The Legacy of Cedar Mountain As the final shots of the Battle of Cedar Mountain faded into the past, the nation found itself united in mourning. Regardless of the side they fought for, the fallen soldiers were sons, brothers, husbands, and friends. They were brave men who had given their lives for a cause they believed in, and their sacrifice left an indelible mark on the hearts of their fellow countrymen. In the South, those who had fallen at Cedar Mountain were celebrated as heroes. Tales of their bravery, their resolve, 
and their sacrifice were shared in hushed tones around family hearths and loud proclamations in town squares. They were remembered as defenders of the Confederacy, their names forever etched in the annals of Southern history. One figure who stood out in these tales was Stonewall Jackson, who led the successful counterattack. His bold tactics and staunch resolve had turned the tide of the battle, and he emerged from Cedar Mountain as a symbol of Southern courage and determination. Jackson was revered and celebrated, his name becoming synonymous with the spirit of the Confederacy. In the North, the fallen soldiers were mourned deeply. While the battle had not gone in their favor, the Union recognized the courage and sacrifice of their men. They became symbols of the Union's resolve and the will to continue the fight for unity and justice. John Pope, the Union general who led the battle, paid tribute to his fallen men in his correspondences. He spoke of their courage and their unwavering commitment to the cause, and his words carried a profound sense of respect and gratitude. The fallen of Cedar Mountain were remembered with honor and pride, their sacrifice fueling the Union's determination. The Battle of Cedar Mountain was a poignant chapter in the story of the Civil War. It was a testament to the courage, sacrifice, and resilience of the men who fought, and it was a reminder of the high cost of war. As the nation remembered the fallen, the legacy of Cedar Mountain lived on, shaping the narrative of the Civil War and defining the spirit of a nation at war. Over time, the Battle of Cedar Mountain, like many events of the Civil War, underwent a transformation in the collective memory of the nation. As the raw wounds of the conflict healed in generations past, the perception of the battle evolved, impacted by changing societal values, new interpretations, and a shifting historical context. In the immediate aftermath, the battle was seen largely through the lens of its tactical significance. The Southern victory was seen as a demonstration of Confederate military prowess, with Stonewall Jackson's counterattack becoming emblematic of Southern bravery and strategic ingenuity. On the other hand, the North viewed their defeat as a testament to their underestimation of Confederate forces, prompting a strategic reassessment. However, with time, this narrative expanded to include a more nuanced understanding of the battle. The bravery and sacrifice on both sides were recognized, irrespective of the outcome. Historians started focusing on the human aspects of the battle, the individual stories of soldiers, their experiences, their fears, and their triumphs. These accounts painted a picture of a battle not just fought between armies, but also among men bound by a common humanity, despite their divided loyalties. Even the iconic figures of the battle, like Stonewall Jackson and John Pope, saw changes in their historical portrayal. While they remained symbols of their respective causes, historians and scholars began to explore their personalities beyond their military roles. They became fully fleshed-out characters, their decisions and actions seen in a broader context, helping us to better understand their motivations and the factors that influenced the course of the battle. As societal attitudes towards war and its cost have evolved, so too have the interpretations of the Battle of Cedar Mountain. Today, the battle is recognized not only for its military and strategic implications but also for its human cost and the profound impact it had on the lives of those who fought and those they left behind.
It is remembered as a crucial event in the Civil War, a complex tapestry of bravery, sacrifice, victory, and loss that helped shape the course of American history. The Battle of Cedar Mountain holds a unique place in the annals of American history. While it may not have been the largest or the bloodiest battle of the Civil War, its significance and impact cannot be underestimated. Its echoes reverberate across time, shaping our understanding of the conflict and its human toll. Located at the junction of military strategy, societal impact, and human resilience, Cedar Mountain was a crucial turning point. The battle underscored the strategic importance of Virginia and marked the beginning of a chain of events that would eventually lead to the defining moments of the Civil War. It showed the strength and determination of the Confederate Army, as embodied in the figure of Stonewall Jackson, and it showcased the resolve and adaptability of the Union, which absorbed the setback and reevaluated its strategy. In the realm of military history, Cedar Mountain is often studied for its tactical nuances. Jackson's daring counterattack, which turned a defensive battle into an offensive triumph, is considered a masterstroke in military strategy. The battle also serves as a lesson on the need for efficient communication and proper reconnaissance, highlighting the mistakes made by Pope and his commanders. Beyond its military implications, the Battle of Cedar Mountain also holds a significant place in social history. The battle had a profound societal impact shaping public sentiment and influencing the narrative of the Civil War in both the North and the South. It gave rise to stories of heroism and sacrifice, which became woven into the fabric of American folklore and continue to inspire and educate future generations. In the grand tapestry of the Civil War, the Battle of Cedar Mountain is a vibrant thread. It's a testament to the bravery and sacrifice of those who fought, a reminder of the strategic complexities of the conflict, and a symbol of the resilience of a nation torn by civil war. It's a vital piece of our shared history, a chapter that continues to enlighten us about our past, informing our present and shaping our future.